0: Welcome to the Plainfield Christian Church Podcast. We hope that the message today encourages you. Today's podcast comes from our weekly Facebook Live broadcast called Weekday Chat. To tune in live and interact with us online, join us during your lunch on Facebook, Wednesdays at noon. Enjoy today's podcast.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekday Chat, where we like to meet with you midweek to talk about where we have been and where we are going. Uh, My name's Luke, I'm one of the ministers here at PCC, here with my esteemed colleague...
0: I'm Riley Weaver, the first time I've ever been called esteemed. In the last. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm also one of the ministers here at the church. Just want to thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate it that you take some time out of your busy schedule to watch this. If you have any questions, uh, feel free to comment. You know, we're going to take some time to talk about the sermon from Sunday. So this would be a great time to ask questions about that if you have any. This last Sunday, Luke preached was good. He continued our sermon series. It's the only time you've ever heard anybody say your sermon I'm going to interrupt right? real quick. Yeah.
1: On the way up here, Riley was asking me what the sermon was about on Sunday, <laughs> so this is all canned. Yeah. But go ahead, Riley. Here's the, yeah, I watched it twice online, and I, then I couldn't remember what it was about.
0: So I had some meetings this morning. My brain's fried. Sorry. So it was good. I thought it was good in the moment. I just couldn't remember what it was about, so it wasn't that good. Uh, anyway, Luke preached. He continued our sermon series through Jonah. And uh, specifically preached about Jonah 3, where Jonah goes to Nineveh, the capital of Assyria. He preaches to the people, shortest sermon ever, five words, and then they all repent. Yeah. Which is really ironic because, you know, in the beginning of the story, Jonah's like, nah, I don't want to go there. Those people are terrible. Yeah. And then, you know, he preaches... They repent. Um, you know, the, the king of Nineveh tells everybody to put on sackcloth and even to put sackcloth on their animals.
1: Yeah, it's intense. I mean,
0: that's how hardcore he was repenting. Yeah. Um, and Luke had a dominant thought for us. Uh, you know, dominant thought is like, a, you know, a preacher thing for this is the one thing I want people to know in my sermon. And Luke's dominant thought was repent. Repent. So that, that's, that's literally what the sermon was about. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just a, a couple questions about this. Luke, in talking about, about all this, you know, you said God is judge, and sometimes, you know, calling God a judge leaves people a little bit unsettled or confused. How would you explain God being a judge to mm-hmm. others?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, the word, uh, you know, judging or being judgmental, those are words, especially, they're kind of hot button words right now in our society. They carry really negative connotations. And yet, uh, there's also a hot button issue right now that we need good judges, right? I don't know if you've been tracking what's going on in the news, but this is a big deal. And everybody I was going to say, yeah.
0: you can't judge me yeah. for not remembering your sermon. Yeah, okay. Yeah.
1: All right. We'll see. Uh, God will judge you. Um, <laughs> anyway. We need judges. Judges are a good thing. We need somebody who will be a righteous, balanced judge, because at the end of the day, we all have this longing for justice, right? We want evil to be punished and right to be rewarded. We want there to be a balance towards society. And and so – Scripture portrays God as a judge pretty unashamedly. It doesn't hide from this truth. And in our modern sensibilities, you know, we often squirm at the idea of God judging people, but uh, the Bible doesn't shy away from this. In fact, it unashamedly portrays God's judgment as a good thing. That God's judgment is Him restoring what is right and good to creation. And I love uh, the Quote from dr. Martin Luther King Jr. when he says that the arc of the, the moral arc of the universe is long, but it bends towards justice mm. because God is um, actively judging his creation, and when he returns, uh, we will all be judged. we will all stand before God because ultimately the evil in the world, we can look around and point our fingers at a lot of other things, but uh, it it starts in our hearts. I am the problem with the world. The sin in my heart Mm -hmm. is the problem with the world. So if we want God to be a judge who punishes what is wicked and what is evil, ultimately that judgment will be turned upon us. Um, So the good news is, of course, that he doesn't leave us lost in that judgment. But what, what would you say to somebody who's uncomfortable with the idea of God judging?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think I'd just add to that maybe another dimension of God being a judge. You know, a judge is bad if you're on the wrong side of the law. Yeah. But if you're on the right side of the law, that's a good thing because a a judge is going to restore you, Mm -hmm. um, say, you know, this person's in the right, give you what you deserve. And I think especially in in the biblical context, um, you know, judges around the world and throughout history have not always been about justice. Yes. You know, maybe it Justice is based off of who you know Mm -hmm. or how much money you have, and especially in the the honor-shame culture of ancient Israel and, you know, the cultures around there, it it really could have been more about who you know or what your position in society was as Mm -hmm. opposed to, you know, this person actually deserves justice and did the right thing. And if you read Psalms— or the the prophets in the old testament, like Amos especially. I mean, they're talking all about justice yeah. and being impartial, not being corrupt. And that's really the picture of God that we get as a judge is yeah. he is totally impartial. Absolutely. He is not corrupt. He's going to absolutely do the right thing. Absolutely. And uh, you know, that's the cool thing about God being the judge. You know, in in a world where everybody's so divided where there is so much injustice. I mean, God is the type of judge we need.
1: Absolutely. Amen. Can't yeah. say better. Yeah. He's, he's a righteous judge. And someday when he does come back on judgment day, uh, we will all look at what he has done and say, yes, that was the right thing to do. Yep. Whether or not we can see it from this end of eternity, we will on, yep. on that day. Yep. So we've also <laughs> talked about in this story of Jonah, a lot about God's call, right? And God's calling on our lives and how it sometimes doesn't make sense, right? Mm-hmm. But he is ultimately uh, working to pull all things together for the good of those who love him. Uh, was there a specific time in your life, Riley, where you felt unsure about what your next step was and where God was leading you? Uh, yeah. What What happened with that? What did you learn through that?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, you know— in college, we went to college together. Luke mm-hmm. had a mullet when he was in college. just mm-hmm. uh so you know that <laughs> um, so you know in college, I had a lot of great opportunities, internships, and different things like that, and I was just blessed um very unusual with never having to apply for mm-hmm. any of those internships. I was always asked to do it mm-hmm. and um You know, always felt like I had a really clear path, always knew exactly what I was going to do for a guy like me. That's great because I'm not super cool with ambiguity. Yes. Yes. Um, but, you know, coming up on the end of my college career, um, you know, I knew I loved missions, but I was really unsure what was next, Mm. um, you know, my wife, my now wife, Kayla, you know, at the time we were just dating, she had a couple years of grad school left. So, you know, kind of wasn't sure what I was going to do until we got married. And, um, you know, I, I had some connections in Joplin where we went to school, but just felt like, you know, as I, as I kind of explored some different options there, you know, those options didn't seem to be the best. So honestly, I just, kind of planned on coming back home and getting a regular guy job, you know, not doing anything Mm -hmm. with vocational ministry and just kind of waiting and seeing what happened. And um, I remember going out to lunch with uh, Steve Mm -hmm. White, and uh, (laughs) I was kind of telling him what I was going to do. And he said, well, why would you do that when you could come work at the church? (laughs) (laughs) Which is a very Steve conversation. I mean, yeah, yeah, so, and all of a sudden it was just like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, this this could be something that I that, that I do. So and obviously, you know, ended up here. I've loved working here. It's the only place I'd want to work. So uh yeah, that that's an example for me, you know, just an opportunity God surprised me with.
1: Yeah. How about yeah. you? Yeah, I wanna play off that a little bit. I'll talk also kind of about my college and journey to coming here. But Uh, I want it to still apply to you, you know, whatever decision you're facing, whether it's whether or not to have another kid or a career thing or a life thing, like family thing, whatever it is, I do believe there are some constants into how God calls us and how God speaks us. So I was also uh, toward the end of college, the end of my senior year, didn't know where we were going to go. The opportunity to came here, come up. We had a couple other opportunities, and they were all good. Uh, They were all good things. There wasn't a bad thing among them, and so we're trying to decide Where is God leading us? And I didn't hear a voice like Jonah did. I didn't have, you know, a whale come pick me up and drop me off in Plainfield. You know, it it, it didn't quite work like that. And yet... Uh, we believe that there are three primary ways that God speaks, mm-hmm. the Word of God, the Spirit of God, and the people of God. So we spent time in the Word of God searching, what is what is God calling us to do? I hope you're spending time in God's Word every day. You will hear His voice clearly if you read His words. And the Spirit of God speaks. And so we tried to to pray, God, like, God give us gut hunches. Make us uncomfortable with something mm-hmm. if it's not a right fit. Give us uh, a passion if it is the right fit. And he answered that prayer. Uh, I've never felt more excited to do ministry than when I met Steve White at Cracker Bar- in St. Louis, and I felt like that was the Spirit of God awakening my heart to what was happening here at PCC. And then the people of God is another way that God speaks. And so we spent a lot of time asking wise and godly people in our lives what they saw in us, what they saw in Plainfield, what they thought we should do. And then, uh, you know, it still wasn't like a flashing neon sign saying, Come to PCC. And you might not have a flashing neon sign in your life either. My guess is you might le- lean one way uh, or the other after you spend time in the Word of God, Spirit of God, and people of God. But um, Sometimes God will give you a really specific call on your life, and and you will feel it, in which case obey it. Don't pull a Jonah. Um, Other times uh, he does just give us freedom to choose, and I felt like we had freedom to choose Mm -hmm. whether or not to come here, and I'm glad we chose to come here. But my dad's advice to us was, uh, you know, it's really hard to steer a parked car. So just mm. do something and God will, God will steer you along the way. He said, go till you get a no. And that was pretty good advice. Yeah. And so um, I'd encourage you to spend time word of God, spirit of God, people of God, and go till you get a no and trust that God will steer you along the way.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So, that's really good. So another thing you talked about in the message was just how repentance requires humility. Hmm. Can you kind of explain that to us? What do you think that looks like?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We've all been in fights before or conflict, right? Where you kind of want to be done with the argument, but you're not quite really to admit, ready to admit that you were wrong. You know, it's, you do these like half-hearted apologies, like, well, I'm sorry if I made you feel that, or I'm sorry that you think (laughs) that, you know, (laughs) 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 which is like, okay, that's no kind of apology at all. Like, and we've all done that, right? You're ready to be done, but you're not like Really ready to lay down your weapons, you know. Um, and I have tried to make a commitment in my marriage that I'm. I'm hoping Rebecca's not watching this because she'll laugh if she does. Rebecca, but, if you're watching, <laughs> comment
0: and tell us if he does this. Yes, yes. yes. Uh,
1: to, to try to apologize in the most humble way possible. That means not saying, I'm sorry, I just wanted to blank. No, I'm not going to defend myself. I'm not going to say, I'm sorry you felt blank. No, I'm going to apologize in a way that like, puts me in the lowest possible position, owns every little thing I did wrong, doesn't ask for anything from her, just absolutely humbles myself. And repentance is kind of the same way. Um, if it doesn't hurt you, you're not doing it right. <laughs> um, so, and and what hurts is being really, really specific with our sin. I think that's the greatest indicator of whether or not your repentance is humble. Is if you are willing to speak specifically the things you did wrong to God and to a godly person in your life, it will make you feel embarrassed, and that is a good sign that you are repenting in a in a humble way. Uh, what would you say, Riley?
0: Well, I was going to talk about confession too. Okay, there so, you go. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I don't I don't have much, Dad. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's great. I think. Apologize early, you know, apologize often you know, say what you did. Absolutely. I totally agree. Awesome. Very good. Awesome. Yeah. Riley
1: confesses that he w- he didn't remember much about this uh, sermon last week. Oh so look, gosh. we're repenting in front of you. This yeah. is good. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for spending time with us today. I'm really excited about this upcoming week. It is Baptism Week, and we are thrilled. Uh, we have several people who've been baptized already leading up to this. We'll have more baptized this weekend. We hope you join us for that. And by all means, whatever God is calling you to do to take your next step into Him, don't tell Him no. Listen and obey. Uh, I hope that God has challenged you this week to repent of something in your life. So as you do, you will step deeper into his joy and his freedom and his power. Uh, thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you this weekend